0: You are listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson. Ball comes out of the hands of Newton. It's on the ground,
1: picked up by T.J. Ward at the four-yard line. Vaughn Miller did it again on Overtime Media mile high hello everybody in broncos country welcome into another episode of the dub valley deep Divers podcast i'm your host lance sanderson and joining me as per usual is my good friend and colleague he is mile high huddle's senior nfl draft analyst the one and only eric trickle eric dude it, it's finally over. I, I will say that it's it's always so much fun to do all the draft coverage and everything like that. And you, when you do 15 hours, 18 minutes, and 47 seconds of nonstop draft coverage over three days, it kind of gets to a grind, man. How you doing after what's been, what, six, eight months worth of preparation for 15 hours, 18 minutes, and 47 seconds, man? How you doing?
2: Increase those months a little bit. I've been working on this year's draft since June last year. Um. It's been a long road, and like I'm excited because it's all done and over with. And but now I got a vacation that I got to get ready for. I got had to do all my draft prep stuff. I am so exhausted, I am ready to sleep for about three weeks straight, and I just won't be able to do that. So, <laughs> yeah, with the vacation, and then as soon as I get back, it's back, it's starting for draft stuff for next year. So, at least it's not as much and everything. And uh, appreciate everybody who joined in for those draft shows and all the support that we got for it. You guys i can't tell you how much we appreciate that and just allowing us to do all this work that we do behind the scenes and in front of the scenes or on camera there we go that's the best way to put it we appreciate you guys thank you guys so much for your support and always yeah i'm with
1: eric on that one it was a long grind this year like i've said multiple times it's most i've ever done eric obviously does way more than i do like 587 players or however many the hell it was that you actually did this year i did 220 and 183 finalized grades um but just you guys and your support and always showing up every single every Friday every night on the mile high huddle podcast Network um and especially for the draft shows you guys really you guys don't understand how much it means for your support and everything you guys do just to come in, and join in with us we we definitely appreciate that um but with that Things are moving forward. The Broncos are now in full phase of the like the offseason. Everything after to this point, uh, we obviously got Jerry Judy signing his fifth year option the, or the Broncos extending the fifth year option to Jerry Judy the other day. Um, there was some news with the, the Broncos uh, agreeing to terms with an international player uh, yesterday as well. Um, a lot of news is still to come. However, this does not mean that we can't, you know, um, continue to break down this roster and, and just understand where this team is looking at and where they're going to be moving forward here in 2023, 2024 and beyond. And we've got a good show let, planned up for you guys today. Obviously the Broncos made five picks in the NFL draft the other day. Um, there's still some holes on this roster. We're going to break them all down for you guys. Uh, gives And I've got a, a handful of players that I think will be able to fill those holes, despite the Broncos not having a whole lot of cap space. First things first though, so got to say hello to everybody in the chat Malcolm Brown uh, coming in from Homer Alaska. What's going on? Michael Ronquillo jumping in with his usual uh, support over on Facebook. Good evening, Lance and Eric on the Dove Valley Deep Divers. Go Broncos and buck them. Buck you too, Michael. Thank you, buddy. We uh, definitely appreciate your support. We've got Lawrence Rivera in the hizzy as well, saying happy Cinco to Mayo, Broncos family. Yes, happy Cinco to Mayo to everybody. This is also Revenge of the Fifth because yesterday was uh, May the 4th Be With You. So it's, that's a uh, shout-out to my buddy Eric here and his love for Star Wars and all things uh, with the Force and everything like that. Uh, Kevin Gray, Dylan Von Arx and the Hizzy, running everything behind the ones and twos, helping us moderate the chat and stuff like that. Scott's not with us tonight, got baseball with the kids again. So uh, hopefully his son has good luck this weekend and good luck to Scott and all of his family and everything like that. Mike Mike S, uh, Flazify Dave Yunkin, hello, everybody. Thank you all for joining us here on a wonderful wonderful Friday evening for Dove Valley deep divers. Now, Eric, I'm going to pass this off to you really fast. Uh, After going through the draft, I want you just your, you've you've got a week to kind of process through everything or five days or so to process everything that the Broncos were able to accomplish. Uh, Just quickly here, what was your favorite pick and your least favorite pick for what the Broncos were able to do on Friday through Sunday?
2: Well, I had an article, and one of the things that I do after every draft is I go and do the value of it, and it's a very basic value. It's where they rank versus my board versus where they get drafted. And I do the same thing with the consensus board because, you know, I like that variation, and it's a good way to show where players that I was higher or lower on than the consensus board and do that. And one thing that was great to see was after last year where the Broncos, in their total terms of value between both boards, they ranked 32nd after the 2021, and or the 2022 NFL draft. 32nd out of 32nd. That means they had the worst value out of it. This year, against my board, they were the first, and then they were fourth against the consensus board, showing how valuable the, the draft was, which, when you only have five picks, that's what you gotta do. Mm-hmm. Now, my favorite pick of the draft was Alex Forsyth. Um, I've heard n- nothing but positive things about him he kind of got suffered he suffered a hamstring injury throughout the draft process which saw him go a little bit lower oh well the offensive line guys who are coaching him up like uh, outside of the NFL have absolutely raved about him and his work ethic and the skills that he has he's a clean technician he's got good power good mobility but like he's just kind of a jack of all trade center so he doesn't excel in one area but that's fine i mean because you can still work with him either scheme I really like that pick. For me, that was also the biggest value. I had like a early fourth or mid-fourth round grade on him. So I was absolutely ecstatic with that pick. My least favorite pick, it has nothing to do with the player, but Riley Moss and just it's that trade-up for him. I mean, I would have liked that trade-up a little more, even if it was just a future fourth instead of a third. Uh, But it being a future third, like future fourth still isn't great for me, but just the trade-up to go get him was Mm -hmm. just a little and just kind of ruins it ruins the pick a little bit for me
1: i i agree with you on riley moss being probably my least favorite and for the exact same reasons quite honestly trading that future third i understand the broncos did a pick swap with the uh, new orleans saints in order to acquire um sean payton where they sent i believe it was next year's second round pick in exchange for next year's third round pick from the new orleans saints if i'm if I remember that correctly. Um, so th- they have the extra third round pick that they can kind of give up. And that was one of the reasons that uh, George Payton said they actually made the move on that was because they had that extra third round pick. So I, 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 well, I understand the idea behind going there, I don't like trading up in general to go and get a player, especially if you have to give up future draft capital. So Um, For that, uh, I will say uh, Moss is probably my least favorite pick in terms of the value they gave up. And I know that I just said I don't like trading up for players, but the guy that they traded up for to get into the second round to go and get Marvin Mims easily was my most favorite pick of this class because he fits multiple different needs. The Broncos need to get better on special teams in terms of their gunner play. They need to be better in punt return and kick return as well. They also needed a deep threat that can actually be reliable and show consistent hands in, in the passing game. There's a good route runner. Um, He also plays well above the rim for a guy his size. He's got that physicality you like in the running game. So while I don't like trading up for players in general, at least the Broncos didn't have to give up a whole lot to move up five spots to go and get Marvin Mims. So I really liked that move from what the Broncos did. Um, Moss is probably... The, the least favorite one like you said just because of that future third round pick but he's a great player he's just a good football player and the Broncos got better this past weekend that's what they did they added five good football players and then a sixth with another trade to get Adam Troutman so good job to the Broncos this last weekend I'm really excited for the direction moving forward we got Phil McLaughlin jumping in here good evening Lance and he says Lance again but also Eric um thank you for all the work you guys put in for the excellent draft coverage go Broncos MHH for life Uh, thank you Phil man your support was definitely noted over the weekend and uh and always your support is always well noted for everybody here at mile high huddle uh Gary Palmer jumping in here as well off the top rope with a $20 super chat thank you Gary for joining us as always man your again your support is always great greatly appreciated uh hey Lance and Eric just wanted to show some appreciation for all your hard work on the draft go Broncos thank you Gary man we definitely definitely appreciate that
2: um now real quick i just want to go back to talking about riley moss and my big issue with the trade here Since i didn't really give it is next year they did give up that second for that third round pick for the saints as part of the sean payton trade so now they have a first and a third and whichever third they send for send to uh for this trade-up um i can't remember who they traded up for with this pick um it's the lower one so they still get to keep the higher pick of the two yep but you, you fall, you go, what, 8-9, 9-8, and nine, nine and whatever. You miss the playoffs. Russell Wilson was fine. Not great, though. Well, you're not in a position to line one of the top quarterbacks. You're essentially screwed. And that's my, that's my issue is if we knew for sure that Russell Wilson was able to bounce back and even be a top you know, 12-15 quarterback, then sure, fine. Like, Still not a big fan of the trade. But you just put yourself in such a bad position if you fall into that middle ground And like, and adding to that is they're doing everything they can to take the ball out of Russell Wilson's hand to really go a heavy run game and defense. So that can carry you. And if that carries you to that point, and Russell Wilson is still an issue, you're just SOL, like you're you're out of luck because you got to wait another year and next year's draft class is projected to be look extremely good Mm -hmm. five or six quarterbacks there. If they all come out that people are already talking about his top 15 picks. Granted, things will change as the season goes on and maybe somebody else rises up or maybe a couple players fall. Remains to be seen, but it just looks so good right now to just put yourself out of position. Even without that second round pick, having those two thirds would be such a boost. So that's a big reason why I didn't have issue with that. Uh, Michael Ronquillo came in and saying that my favorite pick is safety JL Skinner and my least favorite is Riley Moss. Jail Skinner is a good pick, the, and I mean, obviously, the fact that he tore his peck two days prior to the combine, it's a big reason for his fall. So, uh, yes. I mean, and yeah, that yeah, goes-
1: sorry, <laughs> sorry you, you caught me taking a drink there. Uh, I, I agree with you on that. Like JL Skinner, I, I had a third round grade on. Um, I know that uh, that was probably a little bit higher than, than most people in the consensus was, but uh, I, I like JL Skinner. I, I think he brings a lot of physicality, a lot of versatility, and he's a core special teams player with over 450 special team snaps played at Boise State. You know what you're getting with this guy. Brent P., off the top rope. Holy cow massive super chat thank you brent this is the first time i've seen your name in the chat so welcome in and thank you so much for showing your support man we definitely appreciate that uh brent says thanks for all your hard work eric and lance what has been your favorite udfa pick uh the undrafted free agency pick um for me i'll go quickly here i haven't really got a chance to break down his tape but i've heard a lot about thomas Inkoom, the edge defender from central michigan high upside guy high upside pass rusher from the sound of it a fairly decent run defender though he can do some work there definitely needs to get some bigger size to him from what i understand so i cannot wait to do that i will be having film breakdowns of all five draft picks and several of the udfas coming over the summer so that's the one that i'm going to shout out eric what do you think man
2: I mean, my thing is I tend to wait for the official announcement from the team for UDFAs. Mm-hmm. Too many times over the years, like, there's just such an issue with the process. Players double commit to two different teams to sign with them and come to find um, – then they find out, oh, well, you can't do that. It's still an issue with that, and so it's always like, oh, they this one team, like, it gets announced that this team signing with it, and they come to find out when the official announcement, he didn't actually – Um, do that so it's difficult for me i I like to wait for the official announcement from the team Um, even a lot of the beat reporters they have they can be wrong on it Mm -hmm. of the ones that have been reported I'm with Lance here Thomas and Coom he was the guy that was right there in the fifth round for me that I felt uh, that I really liked Um, I I was really high on him he's he raises the floor of it he doesn't really raise the ceiling a whole lot There is some room for growth there, but kind of where he's at now is kind of what he's gonna be. He's a solid run defender. He's a solid pass rusher. That's the guy I like the most. And he's the only one that I've seen like consistently mentioned. So again, just wanna wait for the official announcement. And I can't tell you how frustrated I am that that official announcement has yet to come. Cause I always do my article about it, breaking them down with all the stuff that I worked, I did pre-draft. And then the guys that I didn't watch, I go and watch them. and I got. I'm last after next week. Um, I'll I'll miss a week, so I'm going on vacation and on leaving the 14th. So, running out of time here to get this done. Broncos, come on! You got to work on my schedule.
1: <laughs> got to work on everybody else's schedule, but that seems to be the the theme here with this Broncos team. Is this just upsetting the apple cart in terms of the culture and everything that's going on here? the the social media presence not only from the broncos but also the players in general has been lackluster to say the least we're not getting a whole lot i mean um they'll they'll talk about it tomorrow on um uh, the uh the saturday show with uh with um the, i believe it's my high insiders it's thomas and luke that are going to be on because I, I think that ron and thomas did on tuesday anyways so thomas and luke are going to talk about pastor tan i on gmfb tomorrow but uh there's not a whole lot of news coming out. We're not seeing anything from a bunch of these players or the social media aspect of everything. So it, it, it's hard to kind of follow along with. Um, Troy Boer jumping in here, $5 Super Chat. Troy was a big supporter of the show, especially over the weekend. So thank you, Troy, for joining us here on a Friday night. It's nice to see you back in the chat. Love the picture mm-hmm. of that golden retriever, by the way.
2: I was just getting ready to say it. Unlike Nick, we won't mention the gold retriever. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I had to do it, man. It's 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 that thing. It's like one of the, like it was the lasting impression because Nick always had to mention it. Um, anyway, so Troy jumps in and says, Thank you guys. Uh, do you think that Vance Joseph is the reason we got the international player? I can't remember his name, I can't remember his full name, but it's Hagai and Dubuisi. Um, I'm not sure where he's from. I didn't get a chance to do a whole lot of research on him. Um, Eric, if you have anything on this greatly appreciated, I do appreciate what they're doing here. I believe it's, uh, is it, I, I can't remember who it is. It's a, it's a famous player. That's actually kind of coordinating the IPP process. Um, do you have any information on this for us?
2: Um, oh, uh, the for he was a former Giants defensive lineman. Yeah. Justin, um, right? No. Um, OC. Oh, OC OC
1: Human you, you are OC you mean you are, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I think it was great to hear. I don't know if Joseph is the reason why Vance Joseph is the reason why we got him. From what I understand, everybody in the building wanted him. Everybody. And when they like with how they go about it, is like everybody, all the coaches, the scouts, even people in the front office, like we this is the we want this guy. Um, he's from Nigeria, as Peter Milton comes in and, and tells us. Uh, went to Ghana and then London. Thank you, Peter, for all that. I knew he was from Nigeria. I didn't know the, the Ghana, Ghana to London part. I'm excited for it because, like, I love that the NFL is expanding, trying to reach out to international players mm-hmm. and expanding the the borders of the game and just trying to make it more worldwide. Um, I, I really like that, and I, I just – giving these guys a chance. Um, I'm all for giving opening up the, the window or the doors – for more players to get better opportunities. Cause right now the NFL it's very limited and there's been talk about um, expanding the draft process and making, going like adding a few rounds to it to help the UDFA process. So there's still I'm all for that stuff because it's all about expanding the opportunity. And as much as coaches and GMs all want to say, Oh, we could give everybody no matter where you're drafted or signed or whatever, or how much you're paid, we give everybody equal opportunity. That's BS. They Mm -hmm. don't. They care about where you're drafted. They care about how much money you get made. And on that point, like one of those issues with the Broncos last year, on the offensive line, the more money you made, the more likely you you were to get played. Um, That that was just an issue they have. It's an issue throughout the NFL. So uh, I'm happy he is. I hope he makes an impact. I hope he's able to take this opportunity and make something for himself. Um, I absolutely love just the expanding of the borders from the NFL. I'm with you on that one, and Peter jumped
1: in as well, saying that there were 16 uh, tryout players too. That was quite amazing to hear. I don't remember all of their names off the top of my head. I've been busy this last couple of uh, last couple of days, but uh, the Broncos brought in three XFL players, including Ben DiNucci, um, formerly with, I believe, the Arizona Cardinals and famously with the Dallas Cowboys, uh, as he got to play a little a little bit after Dak Prescott. And I believe it was. Um, Was it Andy Dalton, I believe, went down with injuries? So Ben DiNucci has seen some time in the NFL. Bounced around a little bit, but he's one of the leading passers in the XFL. They brought in a running back and, I believe, an edge defender as well from the XFL ranks. So trying to expand that, trying to get some more players in here, just – turning over all stones to try to find as much talent as they possibly can um great to see this direction for the Broncos honestly um being in, in, as inclusive as you possibly can no matter where you're from no matter uh what league you've been playing in if you're even in the NFL or in college football um so I I definitely appreciate that uh now oh Michael Lazzari jumping in here and saying uh wanted to say I watched all of it with you Eric and Lance great work thank you so very much and Michael I saw your name a lot in the in the chat as well so thank you a whole bunch for joining us man it was a grind um and without you guys' support we couldn't do what we do best which is covered the Denver Broncos and covered the NFL Draft man so thank you all again over and over again a million times thank you thank you thank you for all of your support over this uh this last week especially but uh for all of draft all of uh, all year and all of draft season especially um with that, Eric, I want to kind of get into our conversation here. Um, I know you've got some stuff going on tonight. I've got some stuff going on as well. So we're going to kind of make this a little bit quicker, guys. But the Broncos, obviously, they went and they got a wide receiver. They got Drew Sanders, that linebacker from Arkansas, who has some edge rush potential as well, was an edge rusher at Alabama before he transferred to Arkansas. Riley Moss as well, JL Skinner, Alex Forsythe. That was a draft class. They still have some needs to address here. You and I kind of talked briefly before we came on here, and I – you would. I, I gave you three positions that I kind of wanted to talk about. And we also have our guy, Dylan Von Arks, who brought an article up on milehighhuddle.com with the Broncos' persisting roster holes worth worrying over. His top three were my same top three in defensive end, uh, well, defensive line and edge. Also the running back position and also the center position. I have three players that actually fill those needs. I'll probably write an article for milehighhuddle.com here in the next couple of days. But Eric, you had two positions that – we're not listed on this that you wanted to kind of briefly talk about specifically at the safety position. What's your thoughts, man? How are we doing?
2: Yeah. um, I understand jail Skinner. Like he's a great, he's a great value. He's a great pick. He's still a rookie and our projected starter next to Justin Simmons has barely played 500 snaps in the NFL. Yep. Um, give me someone veteran for just an additional depth piece. Even if they don't end up starting mm-hmm. Um Adrian Amos, he didn't have the best year. It wasn't a terrible year. Drawn Harmon or Lamarcus Joyner. I think I really like La- Lamarcus Joyner. Mm-hmm. I-, I like the versatility in the second in the secondary that he has. Any of those three, I think they would just round out the room so well. You can still have PJ Locke. You can have them. JL Skinner can sit there and work his way up. I mean, he's still recovering from the torn pec, even though he's expected to be good to go by end of June, early July. So it still just still needs some work. I have a hard time. To- I have a hard time just trusting a starting position to a guy who. I think has played just under, like, just over 500 snaps total in his career. Mm -hmm. I have an issue with that. Um, He's shown promise and everything, but he's also coming back from that hip injury. So that's just my concern there, Um, just bringing in somebody else for that. The other position that I have that um, isn't in the thing is offensive tackle. Who's your swing tackle? We don't have one. Yep. There isn't one for the Broncos right now. Cameron Fleming did a great job filling in last year on both sides of it. Um, he was probably one of the better offensive linemen the Broncos put out there last year. Mm-hmm. Worth bringing him back or looking at the New York Jets' George Fant, who was really solidifying his spot like as a starter before he got hurt. Um, I want to say back in 2021 is when he started doing that, and then there's so many issues there. I think, I think either of those guys are worth giving a look. They've shown that they have that versatility to flip sides and bring some, you know, solid depth to it as that swing tackle that Denver lacks.
1: You're you're absolutely correct on George Fant and and Cam Fleming as well. And those are the two names that first popped into my head as soon as you said offensive tackle, to, to be quite honest. Uh, George Fant was a starter, I believe, at left tackle for the Seattle Seahawks. So he has mm-hmm. some experience working with Russell Wilson as well. So starting experience can play both the left and right side obviously that fills the need cam Fleming again we all know what he did last year was arguably the best offensive lineman on the field for the Broncos last year after Garrett Bowles went down and even while Garrett Bowles was still playing at cam Fleming at right tackle was still very good last year so that's definitely a big one for me um You also hit the name that I would have thrown out there for safety um, in terms of Adrian Amos. That was a a big name that I really liked. John Johnson as well. I believe he was with Cleveland uh, for a little while. Was a cap casualty. Um, Young safety. I think he's only 27 years old. Had a rough up and down season. I think he might be injured as well. But uh, regardless, the safety is a big need for me. And like you said, JL Skinner, you can probably play Riley Mosser if you wanted to, um, kind of a versatile defensive back. And the Broncos they kind of alluded to that a little bit. They're going to try him at cornerback first. If it doesn't work out there, he can definitely play that safety role. He's better off of the ball than playing in press coverage. So that definitely will help him if he does move to safety. So I, I like that a little bit. But still, like you said, Cadence Turns coming off the hip injury. There was a lot of inconsistencies with him the last couple of seasons while he was out there on the field. He he flashed a lot as a rookie, but there's still that second year, you know, you got the injury. There's just too many questions with him right now. You got to have a veteran presence on the back end to help along with Justin Simmons, who I mean, this may be his last season in Denver. There's an out in his contract and they could be moving on there. So if Skinner takes over for for Justin Simmons in the future, you still got to have an option for uh, for that in, in terms of a backup or even as another player alongside a starter role. So Adrian Amos is the guy that I'm really looking at. Now, getting to the, the meat and potatoes of Dylan's article here, I'm going go to go um, to the offensive line here, and I'm going to go to the center position. And I understand the Broncos just went out and brought in a high upside guy, a, not really a, like the highest ceiling of a player, just a, a solid player. He's going to raise the floor of the room in Alex Forsyth. Um, but they also brought in Kyle Fuller, a, a, a veteran with experience playing with Russell Wilson. They still have Lloyd Cushenberry. Center, to me, is still a need. Like, Forsyth, for what it could be, is definitely a very good option. But berry has been an abject failure, and Kyle Fuller is just a guy. So there's a player that was released today from the Washington Commanders. His name is Chase Roulier. He's a five-year starter. He's been in the NFL for six seasons. Um, he has major injury concerns, though. He broke his, he broke his fibula back in 2021. And then in 2022, he had a knee injury that required surgery and he missed the entirety of the 2022 season, except for two games played 150 snaps. But when this dude is healthy, he is a top five interior offensive lineman in terms of pass protection. He's only surrendered five total sacks in his six total seasons as an NFL player. And in, let me see, I have my notes here. Uh, in 2020, he played over 1,100 snaps, only allowed one sack and 17 total pressures from the center position and a team that went to the playoffs. Chase Rulier, in terms of a veteran player, 29 years old, he turns 30 in August. You could probably get him on a cheap deal because he's a veteran player at a lesser valued position and has injury concerns. What do you think, Eric? Does that make sense?
2: So my issue with him, I mean, besides the injuries, because there's another guy here, Mm -hmm. another couple guys here that I have that also have injury concerns. Obviously you're talking vet minimum, Like Mm -hmm. I'm not giving any of these guys a bigger deal than a vet minimum because of the injury concerns they have. Can he hold up in a more power gap concepts scheme? That is my question. Mm -hmm. He's always been more inside zone, outside zone. And when they have done, you know, power gap stuff, it just hasn't been the prettiest right can he work in that i think it's worth giving a shot i really liked him coming out of college i followed his career pretty closely because he was one of my favorite he was one of my draft crushes that year and like i like him and for a vet minimum he's worth the he's worth the chance he's he's worth the shot there um to see if you can make him work in the scheme and at least upgrade the Upgrade your issue, uh, upgrade your pass protection there because mm-hmm. that is a, such a big issue with Lloyd Cushenberry. Lloyd Cushenberry likes to lose slowly, and hey, that's fine. If your quarterback didn't hold the ball so long, yeah. Chase really he he likes he he does well. He doesn't lose slowly. He just holds his own consistently. The other guy is Ben Jones. Obviously, the there's no question with the scheme about him, but the concussions. Mm-hmm. Where is he at with those? Will he is is he medically cleared? that's such a big concern. And then Justin Britt, I mean, he's, he's a fine center. Like he can handle the scheme, but again, there's been some injury history there with him that you got to check in. So any of those three guys I'm fine with, as long as you, uh, you know, sit there and try to get them on a vet minimum deal. And real quick to go back to George Fant, since we have Fant is no good and Fant is a bum. Um, Fant before he got hurt in 2021 was viewed as like a top five tackle. He really mm-hmm. struggled in 2022 because he was pushed back before he was fully ready to go. Um, he had issues as a starter beforehand. I understand that I wouldn't say he's a bum. I'm not saying he's a great tackle either for a guy who can be a swing tackle depth of the options that are available he's one of the better options out there Un- <laughs> like unfortunately or not like it's just how it is. he's just one of the better options out there. Well, and something you want to always kind of try to remember here, guys, is that
1: you're not looking for a guy to come out there and start for you right away. You paid Mike McGlinchey $75 million and Garrett Bowles, you paid $72 million three years ago. Like, you know, who your starters are so long as they're healthy, those are the guys are going to be there. And with Fant, what are you looking at here? You've got a guy with starter upside that can play on either side of the offensive line. And he raises the floor of the room. Like, what other offensive tackle do the Broncos have on the roster right now that's not named Quinn Bailey? Who Eric, I know you liked, not like not a super huge fan of. I thought he's probably better at guard, but th- there's no swing tackle on this roster, and George yeah. Fant is a great swing tackle. He's a great option here. It raises the floor of the room.
2: Yeah, and like I like Quinn Bailey, and I didn't like him. I didn't like him at all that much at guard but he's fine there he's just he's just a solid versatile depth that can play inside and outside he's not who you want as a swing tackle though mm-hmm. then you have isaiah prince and christian delaro those are your other two tackle guy, tackle options that you have on the roster mm-hmm. i'm not trusting either one of them i would take george fant over any of those three players now we have um we have michael coming in michael Roche with a four dollar 99 donation saying sup guys i don't usually catch the live shows what y'all's opinions about the edge room Also, here's some money. Hey, we appreciate that, Michael. We appreciate your support. Um, and glad you can join us live. Like, it's always a little bit more fun, I think, joining us live than listening back. But I mean, the next step with where we're going defensive line and edge. Mm -hmm. Um, I like, I still want addition. It's the same kind of theory, same kind of philosophy I have with the safety room as to why I want help at edge. You have a bunch of guys who can't stay out there on the field and unproven young depth, with their best option, most reliable option being Jonathan Cooper, mm-hmm. who for me is a solid fourth or fifth guy mm-hmm. on a squad. Ronnie Gregory's never played a full season. Suspensions and injuries have been an issue with that. Baron Browning, through two years, has missed a lot more time than you wish. Multiple games where he's even coming out, out for a, few, a series or two and then going back in, mm-hmm. so just a lot of concerns there. Um, and then defensive line, like you, st- Ayoma a- a- Iwasarike. Yeah, maybe you get some development from him. Uh, Matt Henningsen, we had this whole discussion there on, I believe, last Saturday during the draft. They really like him as a nose tackle. And, like, I'm not fully for it, but he's a smaller pass rusher nose tackle. Like, I, I get that. Mm-hmm. I guess that's where they view him. But who's your Deshaun Williams replacement? They're missing that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not. I don't like the idea of going big on the defensive line with DJ Jones, Mike Purcell, and then Zach Allen. I think your pass rush potential is taking such a hit that way. Yeah. Like, cause at least Deshaun Williams was somewhat decent getting some internal push as a pass rusher and Mike Purcell offers almost nothing there.
1: Yeah. Especially coming as a three tech for Deshaun Williams. When he was playing the three tech man, he was so great. So great. Like, Like coming into the guards face and, and pushing him from the pocket that way. He was so good there. Um, in, in terms of the edge defense, I want to go there because I have a guy here, Eric, and this is going to make sense um, mostly as a veteran guy who's been very reliable, um, not necessarily the most flashy player, solid in the running game, had four sacks this last season, he's older, but he also has a lot of experience playing under Vance Joseph. I'm talking about Marcus Golden, the edge defender he's an from edge. the Arizona Cardinals. Yep, yeah. I, I, that's what I'm saying, yep. Uh, so the edge defender from the Arizona Cardinals, like I said, four sacks this last season. Um, he's got that relationship with Vance Joseph. He played 300 snaps this last year. Like I said, 32 years old. He just turned 32, so he's going to be in his 32-year-old season. Um, like I said, decent run defender, not great, but he can at least go out there and and be a solid veteran presence, a guy that can help teach these young guys. Baron Browning's still super raw for the position, and so is Nick Benito, who – as a second round pick definitely hasn't shown what you want from a player from that high of a draft capital and going back to dylan's article That was one of the things that he specifically mentioned was Nick Benito has to show a lot better to me. You will go out and you get a guy who has been relatively healthy for the majority of his career, maybe on the back nine. So you can get him at a veteran minimum deal, maybe for a a million and a half dollars, something like that. I believe his last deal was one year, six and a half million. You're probably not going to get him for that cost this year. Um, A guy that again, has familiarity in the scheme. What do you think, man? Is that an option?
2: Yeah, he was my top guy. Um, for Edge specifically, um, I went down in between defensive line and Edge. I went through and I got five names down and he, he was the top one. Um, one of the things that stands out when I watch him is he's he's a technician. Mm-hmm. And that is what Denver can use with the, using a veteran. Because even Randy Gregory's technique is still like needs a, has a long way to go. Yeah. They don't have a technician on the roster. And the coaches, like, they can teach technique, but it always helps when you have somebody who, who can sit there and show them in practice and do it in front of their eyes um, instead of just trying to teach them that they can, can show it to them. I really like my Marcus Golden. I think he would be a good good option as that number three guy. You can spot sardom if when somebody goes down with an injury. Um, solid run defender, not great, of course, but he's fine enough. And then the other one that I want, if you want to go with another veteran, Melvin Ingram. If yeah. you look at the, and there's a reason why I really like Melvin Ingram. When you look at his size, it's not typical for what you want as an edge rusher. But go and look at some of the ed, other edge rushers the Broncos have. Nick Benito, he doesn't have ideal size. Jonathan Cooper, he doesn't have ideal size. Even Baron Browning, he's got decent length, but the weight and his, the way his build, mm-hmm. it's not great.
1: Yeah.
2: Melvin Ingram made a career of being, um, melvin uh, sorry melvin ingram and throughout his career made a living getting after the quarterback despite not having prototypical size he knows the tips and tricks and that is something that's so valuable that he can help pass on to some of the guys that the broncos have
1: yeah i want to go uh slide a position inside here um right off the top of my head and i know that he was a cap casualty uh part of the russell wilson trade former seattle seahawk former denver bronco shelby harris The Broncos need to have another, like you said, three technique interior defensive lineman, a guy that can play inside the tackle, play over the top of the guard, uh, has some decent pass rush ability, can push the pocket. Is that relationship dead in Denver or is there a possibility that with Sean Payton, now that the regime has completely changed, I understand George Payton still in the fold and he was a guy that was obviously the driving force of that Russell Wilson trade and making sure that that got done. Is, the, is there a possibility that we see Shelby Harris brought back to this Broncos team and have court, kind of a family reunion of sorts? I... Would you be for that? Let's just answer that question first. No,
2: I would okay. not be for it. Okay. And and the, big, the biggest reason why is the fan perception of Shelby Harris has always been he's so much better than he actually is.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now... Would I be willing to take a look at him if there isn't the whole issue of him getting traded? If there isn't bad blood there, I still like wouldn't mind it because who did Deshaun Williams roll before Deshaun Williams? Shelby Harris. Shelby Harris. Um. So like, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be ideal for me. I would rather look elsewhere. Um. But maybe a new coaching staff. But the issue is is that Marcus Dixon, the position coach, is still the same guy. Right. George about- Payton's still there. And Shelby Harris, the big issue with him was he didn't like how Denver went about it. He found out from television. He found out watching yeah. ESPN. Yeah. And now his family his family still lives in Denver because mm-hmm. he, he and his wife had the agreement. If anything ever happened, they won't move their kids while they're in school. Um, So he won't uproot his family. He didn't uproot his fam- um, family with that. And Chase Holner comes in. Isn't Shelby familiar with Vance Joseph? He yeah. is. There is familiarity there. But not that may not be the positive boost um, that connections are often perceived to be. Yeah. Not all not all connections in the NFL are good connections. I'm not saying it's a bad one, but it's just kind of eh. I, I don't think I don't think it moves the needle either way. His his familiarity and connection with Fans Joseph just because of things that happened while he was there. Now on the defensive line, there's three guys that I have real quick: Matt Ioannidis, mm-hmm. who he has always played a similar role to what you're, which is what Denver would be looking for. Mario Edwards, who's a little bit smaller, but he's a solid run defender who can get after the quarterback. Um, he, I think, would help bring more depth for Zach Allen side of the field than you know replacing uh, Deshaun Williams, and then Akeem Hicks, who he's got good versatility about it. And if they do want to go bigger, if they do want to go with a DJ Jones, Mike Purcell, and Akeem Hicks, or uh, and then Zach Allen. I think Akeem Hicks brings in solid versatility to move around the line to really fill in on any of those three spots that yeah. they're looking at and just provide some versati- better and versatile depth to the unit that's – right now you're looking at Jonathan Harris and two second-year players as the depth right now.
1: Yeah, and with Akeem Hicks, like you said, he has that versatility to slide all over the defensive line. When you put him straight up as a nose tackle or even as a one technique above the center in passing situations – he's a like obliterates offensive lines he does a great job as a pass rusher in, in those kinds of situations so that one i'm here for uh with you on last one real quick um high upside guy a guy that was uh projected to be a potential first round pick i believe in 2019 maybe 2020 somewhere around in that specific area out of michigan maurice hurst he's a former uh oakland raider and this spent this last season with the San Francisco 49ers free agent guy, probably not going to cost a whole lot. And there are some health concerns with his heart, although he's been medically cleared for several years now to continue play. What do you think about Maurice Hurst? Is that like one of those high upside players that you could potentially see brought in on a, a, on a
2: cheap deal? Um, uh, I think his career is essentially done. Okay. Um and because what he hasn't played in the nfl since 2021
1: i think you might be right on that i just i don't so remember seeing him on that list so
2: and it's a oh and not only that he is actually under contract
1: oh really so that then he si- uh, signed
2: on march 18th with the cleveland browns so okay he's not even an option
1: Okay, well, never mind then. His uh, the spot rack is failing me here a little bit because he was still on their free agency list. So I do apologize for that, everybody. Uh, let's switch gears here, though. No, we got just a few more minutes before we get everybody got to get out of here. Um, Eric, I know you got plans tonight. Um, so do I as well. I need to sleep. It's been a long week. I do want to go to this the third the third position in Dylan's article. Uh, we haven't got there yet, but I think that it's actually one of the the sneakier needs for this team, and that's a running back position. Obviously, the Broncos went out and they signed Samaje Piran to a deal. Um, and I like him. He's a versatile player. Uh, hasn't really ever got a true opportunity as a, a full-time starter. But right now, he's the guy, the main guy on the Broncos roster because we don't know what's happening with Javante Williams coming off of three torn knee ligaments. We don't even know if we're going to see him this season. Like The range of his return is either late in training camp, maybe early in the season, to not seeing him at all in 2023, and good luck for 2024. After that, it's Tony Jones, uh, DeMaria Crockett still on the practice squad. Um, they they have uh, Jaquan McMillan. They have another undrafted free agent, potentially, that we haven't seen um, fully signed yet. Um, so the, the running back room is, quite honestly, in shambles right now. And they got to get another guy here. The problem is they don't have very much cap space. The Broncos have $6.4 million in cap space if they want to go sign a guy. You're not getting Ezekiel Elliott. You're not getting Leonard Fournette. You're not getting Kareem Hunt. It's not possible unless they move on from a guy like Cortland Sutton to open up that cap space, man. Running back, dude, where are you at here?
2: Well, first of all, Jaquan McMillan is a cornerback. I think you're meaning Tyreek McAllister. Yes, I am. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> um. So they definitely need somebody, and, like, I know a lot of people have been praising the one undrafted free agent that they're rumored to be signing, but like, I don't know. (laughs) Um, Undrafted every year, there seems to be this undrafted free agent running back that Bronco fans fall in love with. And he's going to be a great thing last year. I mean, Tyreek McAllister had a lot of hype Mm -hmm. because he brought speed. He was so fast. And then the year before that, there was the other, there was oh, what's his face? The central Michigan kid who had like, 30 touchdowns in a season or whatever it was. Um oh, I can't remember his name now, but he he was going to be the ne- he was going to be the next big Broncos running back. So every year there's always somebody that gets all this hype for it and it's like they just never they never hit. Like mm-hmm. I love taking the shots because hey, it's much better value for the Broncos, uh much better investment for them just yeah. constantly. You know, just bring in those undrafted free agents and maybe one day one of them will stand out. Um, but for me, it's like, with what you're looking at, Samaj Perine, he's always been a backup. Um, he should be able to handle the top job pretty well, but we haven't seen it yet. It's unproven. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest of the guys they have on roster, they have a combined, like 80 total touches on offense.
1: Yeah. Like,
2: and, like and 500 snaps give me an issue. 80 total touches between a group of like four running backs gives me an issue. Right. Um, cream hunt. I would be fine with taking a look at on a veteran minimum deal. He can be the type of back that the Broncos are looking for. um, And he knows he, and we know he can be a backup guy. Hasn't been that, that great the last two years, maybe there's some juice left that you can get out of him. Um, Daryl Henderson. He's another one. He was a higher Mm. draft pick for the Los Angeles Rams a few years ago. Never has really caught on. But he's another one. We know he can be that receiving back. We know he's got some solid speed to break to break away. He's a solid runner. Um, so he's another one that I would look at um, and just go in. There's a couple running backs I was looking at, but they the board just didn't fall to where they would take a running back. Yeah,
1: in I'm with you. And, yeah, it, I, I'm with you on that one. Obviously, you and uh, you were stumping for Evan Holder for a while. Uh, I was a, a big fan of Dwayne McBride out of UAB. Yeah. Um, like there, there was a handful. Of- Players Eric Gray out of Oklahoma was a player I was really intrigued by. Um, and Mike asked, jumping in here, making sure we don't forget about Tony Jones Jr., who has been a practice squad player. I think he has like seven total carries in the NFL. Sure, he's a Sean Payton. One guy Jones, he's got the one most, the he has
2: like day. 60, he has like almost 70 total touches in the NFL.
1: He's yeah, the one who it, has most
2: of them of the group,
1: yeah. It, and it's not a lot. And Samaje P. has only had. 95 carries in it, like more than 95 carries in a season, like one time ever. And that was his rookie year. So like, l- let's not talk about a bell cow back from a guy that's never been a bell cow back. I got a name for you though. Intriguing one. And you're probably going to laugh at me, but I think it's fun. Former seventh round pick out of Alabama, Kenyon Drake, a uh, seven-year player has experience with Vance Joseph. Not the- Vance Joseph at the time, was, he was the head coach. So he probably wasn't you know, and him being a defensive guy probably wasn't in the whole offensive room a whole lot, but at least they have experience and cross their paths a little bit. Um, Last year, he had over 100 carries for Baltimore, 4.4 yards per carry average uh, for 482 total yards, Uh, had 17 receptions last year as well for 89 yards. Uh, He has 215 total career receptions. For 1,650 yards and 96 career carries that have gone for 10 plus yards. So you're talking about a a receiver, a a guy that can come out of the backfield as a receiving threat, um, has the great fumble rate, he rarely fumbles the football, has some explosiveness in his lower half. Sure, he's a little bit older, but you're talking same thing as Latavius Murray that the Broncos did last season. They need a guy to come and fill out the depth, he fits the scheme. He can actually offer you a little bit something else that what uh, Samaj P. Ryan doesn't add with that explosive speed in his lower half. I mean, if you you can get him for a million bucks, am I wrong? Is, is that a bad idea?
2: Um, I would be cautious of that because there's been a lot of attitude stuff with Ken okay. Drake going around. Um, and then grabbing this, Lou Nichols. Lou Nichols was a Central Michigan running back from this year who was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. He is not the guy I was saying enough cuz that was from a few years ago. This was like 2020 or so. He had yeah. like um I'm trying I'm trying to find it. He had a bunch of touchdowns. Um so it shouldn't be too hard to find. He was a smaller
1: um, back too if I remember right, right? Like he was yeah, he a was a, he was
2: smaller, he was fast. Yeah. Like he had a mm-hmm. good speed and everything. Um it may not have been out of Central Michigan though. Um I may be mistaken on that aspect of it. Um but it was a small it was a Michigan. smaller school running back. Um, I just can't remember the name of but it's not important. That was that was from a few years ago. Um, and then Michael Ronquillo says running back Jaleel McLaughlin. Um, he's the guy this year. Um, he's the one that's getting so much hype because he's fast. Um, and it just goes into what I was talking about earlier. I just want to see if, um, maybe he is the guy to catch on. Just got to wait and see. Um, so it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it is what it is. I've checked him out. I'm not holding my breath. Um, so just on that one. Um no. personally. I,
1: I, I found your running back by the way. It's a uh, Western Michigan running back on drafted free agent levante Bellamy. Yes, Western yep. Michigan. I knew it was a Michigan.
2: Yep. My no, bad, I, I, I thought it was. It was-
1: no, no, you're good because he was former Bronco turned into a Bronco Western Michigan Bronco running back Levante Bellamy smaller back did score 30 touchdowns in a season including I think it was like 11 of them were receiving I believe regardless s- still fun. A lot of good conversation here. And I'm glad that I actually brought some some stuff to the conversation where you agreed with me, Chase Rulier, uh, Marcus Golden, you know. Kenyon Drake, I didn't know that there was attitude issues with him. But in terms of just the overall fit, if you're, if you're talking about just the player himself, uh, what he brings to the field, would that make sense for the Broncos if they could get around the attitude issues? Just last thought on that.
2: That's the type of running back they should be looking for. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like – I mean, we talked about that a lot pre-draft everybody's mentioning these big powerful backs and it's like either big powerful backs or guys like McBride who have a crappy fumble rate. Mm -hmm. Just push those guys aside and find somebody who can be kind of explosive and still have a decent fumble rate. Mm -hmm. Um, And there were some good ones in the draft and I don't know, Kenyon drinks fumble rate off the top of my head. um, So maybe he doesn't fit that aspect of it, Um, but
1: it's actually really good. I think he only has two career fumbles in seven seasons.
2: Well I, I can pull him up real quick and double and check on that. But fumble rate was a was a big thing for the Broncos this year and it's a big thing for a lot of teams. Um he has fumbled it is over what it is well over the one over 100 mark but he has fumbled 10 times mm. in his career. Okay. Uh, but it's he's had over he's had well over 1000 touches. Over 13 wow. almost almost 24 or 1400 touches in his career on offense. So the miles might be a little uh a little up there. But it's good it's a solid fumble rate anyways. Yeah. Regardless,
1: again, this is a good conversation. Thank you for having it with me, and thank you all for joining us and and, and joining in for the conversation. Uh, the chat was great. Michael Ronquillo jumping in here uh, last time, saying great show tonight. Lance and Eric on the Dev Valley Deep Divers. Go Broncos and Buckham. Buck you too, Michael. We definitely appreciate your support, man, as always. And thank you for all of your support across the Mile High Huddle Podcast Network. Thank you all for joining us. We definitely appreciate you guys. Follow us on Twitter by finding me at... Lance S underscore M-H-H, and for Eric, at um, at Eric Trickle. Notice the C-K and Eric and the E-L in, in Trickle. Uh, also, guys, make sure you guys are following me at Mile High Huddle. That's another account where you guys find breaking news and analysis regarding your Denver Broncos. Um, any film breakdowns, opinion articles, um, analytics articles from Thomas Hall, uh, salary cap stuff from, from uh, Bob Morris, anything regarding the Broncos, you're going to be able to find it there. Uh, guys, if you're on Facebook, uh, go to facebook.com slash mile pod. It's a great way to continue the conversation over there as well. Um, folks, if you guys aren't financially able to do, do so in terms of super chats and stars donations, please, the best way you guys can... Uh, support the show no matter what show it is subscribe to mile high huddle across all platforms youtube facebook twitter twitch especially on apple podcast gives that five-star review let us know what you think of the show as well um, like every video and article you guys see on social media and if you love it please share it guys get it out in front of as many broncos fans as possible because like i say every single weekend like i always mean we couldn't do what we do best without your guys' support which is cover the denver broncos so eric while we have just a couple more minutes here. Any last words, man? How you doing? You look exhausted. You look like you need to go take a nap.
2: Yeah. Um, Marlon Mack, real quick, this came in while you are talking. Marlon Mack is another one that I wouldn't mind bring, looking at bringing it yeah. back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm looking forward to my vacation that I have coming up. Going to be a lot of traveling, a lot of driving, flying into Utah, going to drive over to, to Denver. Um, so just a lot of driving and a lot of driving with the almost six-year-old is going to be fun i guess um but no, I'm, I'm excited i'm excited to get away i'm excited that i get to take a step back this month after doing everything for the last since february for the draft mm-hmm. um, really diving in putting in 12 15 hour days at times um, getting things all finished up for that but thank you guys for joining us um i will be here next week and but the 19th it will be lance and somebody else um not sure who yet but thank you guys for joining us thank you guys for your support you guys are awesome stay safe this weekend
1: yeah thank you all again and again eric you deserve the time off man for all the work that you put in i know how much work you put in you deserve an opportunity to take a break and and just enjoy some vacation time with you and your family and and go see luke for a little while so that's that's going to be a lot of fun i can't wait for you to uh, send a whole bunch of pictures and and hit him in the arm for me because that's what we do here we have we have fun with our friends anyways guys you all stay safe and take care have a great rest of your weekend and as always go broncos we'll see you guys same time same place next week